Oh, what's up, guys? Welcome to Contrast Comedy. I'm one of your hosts, Teddy B. And I'm Jerry Corley, a.k.a. The Joke Doctor. Yeah, and I'm working on getting my license, so till then, I am the Joke Physician's Assistant. (laughs) (laughs) Kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. agenda how was your uh how's your christmas uh i celebrate festivus it was awesome i aired out my daily grievances and i showed out my feats of strength but my kids made out like bandits you know so that's cool they're they're happy i got myself a uh an apple watch so that's cool oh nice yeah. yeah how about you how was yours so that's what festivus is you just buy yourself i buy myself shit, shit. <laughs> that's my festivus so festivus <laughs> is that the pagan holiday I I don't. It's from Seinfeld. That's all I know. Oh, <laughs> that's cool. George Costanza's father celebrated it. I forget the reasons why yeah, he wanted why to we celebrate, celebrate it. Festivus. <laughs> <laughs> and it always stuck. Too bad, though. Not a lot of people are fans of Seinfeld because I'm like, I'd be saying Festivus and they'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? But the people that do know, they'll be like, yeah, feats of strength. And I'm like, yep, let's air out our daily grievances. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, I thought it was like it's a secular holiday celebrated on December 23rd. Oh, so it's a real holiday? To the perceived pressures and commercialism of Christmas season. All right. So as an alternative to the perceived pressures and commercialism of the Christmas season, Mm. yet you're embarking in commercialism. There's a lot of people know about festivals. But actually, you know, it is, it is. I think it's, it's, I don't think the running joke on Festivus was dreamt up by a father and later passed down to his son. Entirely true. Seinfeld writer Dan O'Keefe introduced Festivus to the show based on tradition from his dad. Started as early as 1966. Ah, that's the writer was a kid. So Dan, Dan O'Keefe. Oh, that's actually something that happened to something. That's dope. That's cool. So, but that's cool. What a good tradition. You know, we've started traditions when I was two or three. I thought it would be a fun tradition on Christmas Eve to for each member of the family to walk around the house with a candle Mm -hmm. to ward off, uh, bring good cheer and ward off any evil spirits. So that's been passed down throughout the entire family. Every family does it, you know, so. Um, of course, they won't acknowledge that I created it. Uh, they're just like, no, mom and dad did. And no, mom and dad were like, no, this is Jerry brought this on. And it's like, it's like right before my mom died. Tell him, tell him that was mine. <laughs> mom, your last words. It yeah. was Jerry. Yeah, was Jerry. <laughs> Jerry did it. What up, bud? Tell we go to Nana. We're gonna go see my mom in about an hour and thirty minutes. So what? One hour and thirty minutes, bud. Set your Apple Watch. <laughs> Set your Festivus watch. My Festivus watch. <laughs> yeah, man. So, did you air your grievances? Uh, I've been airing my grievances in my journal. <laughs> Cause yeah. like nobody, that's I get, the only one that'll listen. The only one that listens to me. The only one that cares. Um, but yeah, it's been cool. Like I, the freaking, I got a little butt hurt yesterday cause I went down to the mic drop. And of course, like all this year, aside from the beginning of the year, 
And then that little middle, that like between April and May, I wasn't getting picked. So I just stopped going. But pretty much after May up until yesterday, anytime I went to the mic drop, I would get called. Yesterday I get in there and I think I might have pissed the host off or something because um, they didn't find they couldn't find the bucket. So they had us like write our names on post-it stamps or on post-its. And then I then I left. And then I heard everyone like I was outside hanging out. Everyone goes in there. They start writing their names on the tickets and shit. And I found out like, oh, shit, there's tickets like they had us writing their name on the on a post-it note. So I wanted to make sure that I wouldn't that I would get called. So I walked back in there and I said under my breath, I'm hedging my bets. I think because the person is like a, a trans. So I think they might have heard me think I said something bad or something like that. Cause they're like, what did you say? And I'm like, I said, I'm hedging my bets to make sure my name gets called and my name didn't get called. Oh, <laughs> and me shit. and a couple other comedians think that that host was playing favorites. Yeah. Because, the host is playing favorites and being racist. Well, no, because there's other, there's two other black people that they I don't call. Care. So I still think ra- they still I be think, racist against you. I think what it was, was they hit their quota. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had our, we had enough black people for the lineup today. <laughs> You see, it's so interesting. It's like in certain there are certain circles in life, uh, you know, trans community, black community, Mexican community, white community, gay community, male community, female community. community. Like especially in comedy, you see a lot of these niches pop up. Yeah, you know, these like cliques that used to be in high school, but yeah. they're showing up in these because. Basically, you're dealing with some of the most massively insecure people, which are comedians. Mm-hmm. Artists in general are insecure, but mm-hmm. comedians, we really take the cadence are taken with our insecurity. Um, and I'm just saying, I see it in writing circles. I see it with actors, but it's like comedians, because of the fact we're up there alone, we're rogue. I think it's heightened. I really do. And it's like it shows up in real world scenarios where when you have these things, they're going intentionally going to feel like they have power over you and when they have power to feel superior to then put somebody in a place that ha, they don't even know I did this. Yeah, right. This is going to make sure they don't get up. And it's like that was like. You know, I see used to see that a lot. And it's like, um, which is why I'm so glad I'm white and male. <laughs> you know? Sometimes I'm as like... weird as weird as that is, because most of comedy is a male dominated situation, right? It's also yes. like it's it's comedy is also white dominated, even though, as we found out from our book, comedy, mm-hmm. that it was basically culturally appropriated, appropriated yep. white people, because basically minstrel shows were from the bl- black community and it was a cultural thing. And then white people said, oh, they're getting laughs. They we want to get laughs, shit. too. <laughs> they're like SNL, they're like the SNL of the 1830s. <laughs> ah, that's funny. That's funny right there. <laughs> so it's like, uh, but in that sort of respect, mostly male, mostly white male. So the only thing that, it, you know, back in that day, it was like uh, not quite, but back in the day where it was mostly Jewish mm-hmm. male um, type of thing, women were sort of pushed aside. And so were black comedians. They had to find their own clubs. They can work in the same clubs. Yeah. Remember for years, like Sammy Davis Jr. talks about, he couldn't be part of the rap. He couldn't stay at the same hotels. It was Dick Gregory that broke the color lines to allow people to allow colors to start doing um, comedy shows. Shit. Right? Man. Right? And it wasn't that long ago, man. We're talking the 60s. It was the 60s, yeah. 
And then, <laughs> I still remember that story in Dick Tucson. He had to run all the way down to the to the to the to the place and he gets there and it was just he's like, look, man, I just did all this. Just let me get up there. And kind of like with your situation, but it was like a bunch of you're in a room full of black people and you're the only white guy. His was reversed. He's the black guy in a room full of white people and he killed it. He killed yeah. it with those yeah. people. Love it. When yeah. that it's like you know, when that happens, like like a Veronica, my friend Veronica, who's a black woman in the South in Atlanta, mm-hmm. beautiful lady, uh, you know, uh, was model and all that. She'd been one of my students for years and we hadn't been coaching and then she can't she's come back to it. But uh, uh, we we're having a conversation about that, about what it feels like to be. Of course, she's sharing with me all her stories mm-hmm. about being black and, and native. Right. She's Choctaw. I go, you're Choctaw. I'm Ch-. like sister and brother here. Right? <laughs> In a sense, we're Choctaw. <laughs> but to say so, you know, some of her family, Europe, she's got European blood in some of her family. And she talks about that part of it. Right. So, um we talk about the the, the, the where this sort of like st- stuff still exists today and we're constantly fighting it. It's been happening since I was a kid, right? We're 60 years later. We haven't solved this fucking problem. Oh, man. This, so it's this like, gets worse. Really? It's just, in some case, we go through these phases where it seems to be getting worse. You know, all the white people are like, oh, it's been getting better lately, hasn't it? Black people are going, nope. Not still the same. No, it hasn't. No. We face that shit every single day, right? So we yeah. talk about that and um, how it's like how how you're treated differently just because, you know, it's a, sometimes like blatantly with she's a nurse. Yeah. And, and it, a, you know, and the thing that trips me out is because uh, I've been really getting like ph- philosophical and just like like in depth and all that shit. Like we're all just sitting here on this on this dust rock that's floating in space. It's not like we're all going to be here forever, but yet still we don't, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's just stupid. Like I, I keep keep coming up to this, uh, this, this quote that James Baldwin said, where he was talking about how being a, being black in America is like uh, living in America is like feeling like you're on fire every day. But it's like, I feel like nowadays it's just being the right type of woke and not the, not the, not the right, like that right woke, but being like actually woke <laughs> is like feeling like you're on fire every day because it just everything that's happening just doesn't make it's just like when you're just like, wait, this, this and this, like, why are we doing this? Like the fact that like corporations are just massively taking everything over and we're just idly sitting. Like I watched a YouTube video last night about friendly fascism and like how that's supposed to like how that intrigues. And, and the thing that's so crazy is this dude wrote the book back in the 1980s. This book was written in the 1980s and everything that book laid out, we're walking right into it right now. That shit is so crazy to me. And I know some part of it could be coincidence, but it is one of those things that once you really start letting um, corporations get into your politics, it's no longer about the people. It's about the corporations. Wow. Yeah, it's so true. I, I want to share this image. With, oh, let me uh, turn it on. My bad. Let me James Baldwin. Um, because I always like was fascinated by him and the articles and stuff he wrote and uh, the extent of his writing. Right. So if you look at here's here's a picture of him. I was trying to find this picture because I remember seeing it before and you made me think of him where he he's writing with pen and paper, but he's writing the way we might write if we had a laptop. <laughs> 
<laughs> so if you scroll here, you go here, you that's can't exactly see how Kaiser's like, on it looks his, like, like Kaiser's on his tablet. That's exactly what he's doing. <laughs> so that's him writing, right? It's like it's so funny that it, it's like the, we it doesn't change, right? No. So it's like anyway, just want to share that image right there. It's like, but it's like that's a good one. Take some James Baldwin quotes mm-hmm. and then do some. Uh, either simple truth on them or talk about the ironies or that's a great way to get into a topic, mm-hmm. especially laying it out saying, you know, I've been sort of getting in touch with uh, uh, sort of getting more s- sort of like spiritual lately. And it's like, and I'm realizing that or so, what, what did you say? Cosmic? What was the word you used? Oh, <laughs> you just said it, right? It's like, I get more uh, uh, spiritual, uh, spiritual. It was something. I don't like know. I don't know. Basically, I was... talking about the awareness <laughs> of what's well, happening, and like, like you're. The, it's like weed smoking. It's like, imagine, dude. Like, if we're on really like in some other world, we're like at the head. We're like the head of a pin, and people are looking at us, going, "Wow, man, that's just the head of a pin." And it's like, and yet within that head of a pin, there's all of us, right? And it's like, <laughs> dude, you're fucking high. Shut the fuck up, right? But at the same time, when we look at it in the global concept, mm. none of this shit makes any sense. Nah. And it's like the wars don't make sense. The wars is for money. That's for money. Palestine, Gaza bullshit doesn't make any sense. The Gaza, Israel conflict. You guys been at each other's throats for thousands. Fucking knock it off. Yeah. Just knock it the fuck off. Can't somebody just say, you know what? Just knock it off. Just it's like like the U.S. We shouldn't be able to engage in a war until we paid for the last one. Yeah. Right. That should be like that's Will Rogers said that, and it was like that's such a simple way of looking at it. Mm. We just don't need to be. Why? Why are we always fighting? What the fuck? Money. Can we learn this as kids? It's money. You make money from war. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly it's right. it's all it's stupid. Like <laughs> Net, Netanyahu basically Netanyahu was trying to stay in power. Yes, and that's so, why he did that coup. Right? It was not necessarily a coup, but that's why he, he pretty much. It was like, uh, what's that thing where you keep your you keep your enemies close to type do that thing, and so that's kind of what he kept with Hamas or Ham- Hamas. And that's what he did with Hamas, and then they were like, "Yo, fuck you, dude. We want it all." And bam, this is kind of like what's happening now. But yeah, it's wild, man. It's- so it's like, you know, how do they how do they know exactly when to be able to be, break through that fence, uh, break through the border fence, and how do they know exactly when the Iron Dome was going to be shut off, right, yeah. uh, for maintenance or whatever happened there? It's like, where was where did that information come from? And it's like. I'm thinking the information was funneled through Russia when Trump basically revealed Israeli secrets to those three or those two uh, Russian uh, envoys that were in the in the Oval Office with him. He's like, yeah, I got these secrets. Here they are. It's like, <laughs> and what happened to the Russian dossier? The Russian dossier is missing. Uh, well, freaking uh, King King Jong Un or whatever his name is. He's there. He's working with Russia. They're trying to get something going and he's amping up some shit about trying to. Oh, look, we're gonna launch. We we need. To get prepared to be able to launch yeah. a missile at any time. Yeah. Wait a second. You already said you were. <laughs> You're this is just rhetoric now, but that that motherfucker's crazy. He is crazy, man. He don't fuck around. That, especially when you're walking around with that type of haircut, there's something going on in you. Yeah, when you, something yeah. going on with you. <laughs> when you're still pissed off what Supercuts did. 
fantastic Sam's, bro. That was yeah. fantastic Sam. And that was not fantastic. <laughs> not fantastic, brother. And he's like, now he's still pissed off about that bad haircut. <laughs> so, hey, uh, Jamar was talking to me about there's this uh, kind of like what you were telling with the fourth wall where I can there's a place in San Diego. I got to make I got to talk to him to make sure that they would let me rent it out um, after hours. But basically, I would have like a place where I can run my own shows and like and long if I it would be 400 bucks a month. So pretty much all I need to do is just get enough people that I would cover the 400 bucks. Think that's something I should do. Yeah, dude. All right. It's All a right. lot of you need to grab an assistant. Yeah. All right. Because you can't it's hard to do on your own because you're going to be doing you also got to be working on your craft. Right. Yes. So it's like working on your craft, day job, family. You need an assistant. You need somebody doing that legwork of doing the booking, running the um, running the the, the slotted. Mm-hmm. There's something called slotted.com. That's where people sign up for the spots and they pay for the spots okay. using that app. Um, so I think you could do it like and go look at uh, fourth wall mm-hmm. look at the website look at their do what they're doing they're running they're running mics all day long okay with different themes so you're doing an hour 10 people right each get five minutes they pay five uh, five bucks for an hour uh five bucks for five minutes mm-hmm. and ten bucks for ten minutes and so and i think it's now six bucks might be you know um so they sign up so you got 10 bucks uh you got 10 people for paying five bucks each that's fifty dollars but if you're doing three shows if you if you have it for three hours Mm -hmm. you can basically do three shows back to back right and then um because you you keep it tight now that turns in 150 bucks and you're making 400 a month if it's that's the nut 400 a month you've got that covered in in about a week you know yeah if you're you can you can do it and it's something you could do and you can build a reputation and around town yeah you know they can do that because it's like especially to that after yesterday it was like yeah today's friday or today's saturday so yeah after yesterday it's just like man i need to like stop doing this and jamar's like bro stop doing the open mics man stop doing open mics just I'm, i'm doing it i'm doing it too I could teach you how to do it. I could show you the way. So I'm like, all right, let's do it. And plus, I'm, I found a place. So I'm going to think I'm going to hopefully if they let me move in, I might be moving in next month. So that'll be good. So we'll, we shall see. We shall see. Now, where is this? What place is it? It's like so it's uh, right down. Actually, it's right down the street from where I'm currently at right now. It's going to be it's uh, one of those. What do they call it? AUD or ADUs or whatever. So it's like one of those houses that are built. Behind, it's like a, basically like a, a guest house you say it's two bedrooms two baths uh, it would be 2600 a month and it's like right by the kids so i'll still be able to do it that's if i get approved or anything like that but we shall see okay okay so you got like a guest house you're moving into is that where you're going to do your open mics no i want to do the open mics there that's just pretty much where i'll do i'll run all my zoom shit. where's the place you're doing your the open place mic? i'm going to do the open mics at is going to be it's i think it's down in san diego it's kind of like one of those uh like those we work spots or something like that yeah, yeah. i gotta remember i remember where i gotta remember the name jamar told me but he showed me like the way he had his set out and it was dope it's dope looking so i mean i got the green screen where i can use this as a backdrop <laughs> or something like that so yeah yeah, yeah. that's good that's good. And then you could like whatever you're whatever time you're renting out there, however they they work it, like how much are you doing it by the hour or by the by the I would have to, I'm gonna have to talk. I'm going to talk with Jamar some more and figure it out. And see what's going down. Yeah. yeah. Like it's like you're finding spots like that that are like um, 
that have a you know a segment of like there's one place in in uh, on Fairfax in Hollywood. It's a coffee shop, and they've got this back room, this big back room there that they weren't doing much with. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it was too much right so then they basically started renting that out as like a mini theater for a little performance space so i was like you know something like that would work yeah Where you have the main stream of revenue is the restaurant slash coffee shop and it's bringing in revenue right to pay for the rent then that's a bonus yeah hell yeah that hell yeah would be good hell yeah all right that's the that's the that's part of the the first quarter goal so you make that happen during the first quarter <laughs> Yeah. Coffee, coffee shop slash, you know, performance space. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad at right. all. Not too shabby. And you, you know, you don't have to worry so much about liquor, the liquor license and all that shit, because that gets complicated and that's expensive. Yeah. There's a brewery by my house. I want to see if they'll like let me do like Wednesday nights or something like that. Or sure. comedy nights yeah. there and something like that. You're but yeah, man. Person, put together the presentation. That's what I need to do. That's what I need to and do. And that's what a lot of people don't realize. Like I get those messages all the time. Hey, I live in an area that doesn't have any open mics. How do I perform? Start your own. Yeah. What do you mean? Go to one of these places. Just go to a restaurant. Go to a bar. Find out what their slow nights are. Yeah, the Same thing is, though, it's just one of those things where it's that fear. It's the, it's stupid, but it is one of those things where it just exists, and it's just like hard. Like I don't know. For me, it's like hard for asking, but I'm getting, I'm starting to get over that. I've uh, been using ChatGPT to help me write up business plans and like things like that, or like what should I ask for and all that. So should 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 I just gotta yeah, execute? The deal is right. execute. <laughs> <laughs> you could do all this all this talking but all that is is just being on a fucking hamster wheel when you start making moves is when you execute so i need to start executing well it's the four-step cycle of success right you have figure out what you want to do come up with a plan what are the obstacles figure out how to get around them get around those obstacles then take action yeah. most people will do all the legwork put together everything and they just fail at step four just taking action yes i i you know the people that really are able to leap into action are the people that admire that same here i sit there and i will put it off i'll go i gotta make sure i do this right and then somebody said to me like when i was first putting out my book right mvp Mm -hmm. somebody said mvp jerry just put the book out and then uh, put it out with the revisions and so i did finally put it out and it was like and it just kept getting better and better mm. and i was like all right but if you don't if you're waiting for it to be perfect it'll never be perfect it's never going to be perfect this is like you're never going to have it where it's all going to be green lights and you're just going to be able to go straight down the road you know never works it's always going to be a red light it's always going to be a red light or you might run into a yellow light and no that doesn't mean speed up you know and that's down. the thing man that we encounter the same thing <laughs> we get pussy but never stops us from trying to get pussy how come no. you do that with no without thinking about it but a business something like a business thing or doing this what we really want to do it's like in fact if you had a choice between getting pussy and doing a show i do a show choose do a show and do a show in a heartbeat right (laughs) so it's like but then when it comes to it we will work harder to try to get pussy and and instead of a good show yeah facts man paradox of life It is, man. There's so many. Like another paradox in life is like when you would right when things are like 
things are starting to end is when things start getting better again. <laughs> yep. Like we're like everything's cool with me as Cindy now. Now, now that I was like, hey, we found I might be moving out and all this stuff. I was like, oh, we're, everything's fine and dandy. <laughs> everything's fine. Yeah, doesn't it? You, you, you're not fucking her again, are you? No. Okay, good. Good. I was like, no. you decide to go back recycle. No, new no, Scott. That is never happening yeah, again. I thought maybe when you said things are all good, I'm like, okay, you're getting a little bit. Nah, as far as like just communicating and talking and stuff like that. Oh, that's good. Wasn't well, because the stress is good. You're leaving. Yeah. Well, at least wait till the, if, you know, <clears throat> fingers crossed, it all pays, it all works out and you're able to Yeah, get right. In. Yeah. If not, then I still got till July and at least we've got a, a plan now. So that's good. No, that's good. That's the yeah. hardest thing, too. It is, man. Coming up with that plan. Nobody likes to move. No, no. And then especially, too, it is especially, too, when it's like you start breaking every divining everything down. And it's like the the child support plus spousal support and all this stuff like that. And I'm just like, yes. I swear that like for for this whole patriarchy and everyone bitching about patriarchy and, and how men are doing all this shit. Like at the end of the day, yo, men, we really we get fucked in a, in a lot of senses. You know what I'm saying? It's not it's not fair. <laughs> yeah. Try being a woman, right? So if you really look at the, yeah, what the women, the thing, you know, that's being other- a woman is like being on fire every day. <laughs> can't walk around with headphones got to worry about all that but it's just you know for one the thing is like i would just for once want like chicks to know what it's like for us dudes to please like trying to hit on you doing all this stuff and like you know it's just i don't know man. it's just wild well, I'm telling you, just keep getting out there doing comedy. I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing and you're it. You're gonna have women hitting it. on you. I'm doing it. I'm working. I'm working on myself. That's that. I'm, I'm, I'm being myself. I'm working on myself. I'm focusing on myself. If there's something that comes around, I'll, I'll, I'll put my fillers out there. But I'm not like. Because what happens too? To what happens is like you stop worrying about it. Like I stopped worrying about it because I was so focused on my comedy, and that's when like you know women started appearing in my life right it'd be like i'm doing a show i'm up there doing a show of course you're on stage so you're in charge you Mm -hmm. feel the confidence you're getting laughs and also that confidence exudes right this this appear this appearance of confidence exudes and it sits out there in that audience and they're making and plus you're making them laugh so the laughter what it releases those releases that dopamine makes them makes them feel like ooh, yeah i'm uh (laughs) This person makes me feel this way. Uh, And they come up and introduce themselves. It's like that, that, like that headliner said to me, man, when women were coming to me after the show, I was the feature act and they were coming up to me and they were saying, you were so funny. And then they'd say to him, hi. (laughs) And he knew, he said, I knew you smoked it tonight. You kicked my ass up there because they're coming up to you saying, you're so funny. And they're looking at me going, Oh, hi. <laughs> oh, you, you too. Uh, 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 to him saying, I like your jacket. Uh, and he was like, but he took it in stride. And this is why I like this dude, right? It was like, uh, he he didn't let him, he didn't affect, it, he didn't let it affect him, at least not publicly, right? Yeah. And he's like, you know, every time those women come up to you and they say, you're so funny, they're saying, I want to fuck you. <laughs> And I'm I'm thinking, okay, this guy's finding a way to get back at me. He wants me to step in a big pile of shit right, right. now. Right, step on my landmine. Take him up for his word. He said, no. He's like, he's. I'll bet he'll. He'll. I'll bet you a hundred bucks right now. 
the next woman that comes up and says you're so funny ask her if she wants to go to a hotel with you yeah when she come to your hotel and it's like i was like all right how do i say that uh you know and it's right the next for real girl comes up to me and she's got this little red beret on and she's so cute and she's like raspberry oh beret so funny and i says you want to go back to my hotel and get naughty she goes okay <laughs> then i looked at him i go now what <laughs> What do, I, what do I do now? I didn't know how to make the next, drive. Didn't know how to make the next move. You know, it was like that's never happened to me before. Uh, that reminded me of a joke I wrote where I'm all like, I want to be, I want to be, I want to be famous, but not famous like how a lot of people want to be famous. I want to be famous enough to where hookers would want to fuck me for free. I tell you. You don't have to be famous. You just have to be funny. I'll tell a little story about Vegas. Yeah. I was in Vegas. And, I, you know, after I do my show at the improv, I go down the escalator, go to the bar, and I'd sit there, have a drink, and talk to the bartender. He and I would become, you know, we were friends because every time I went after, you know, you spend a week there, you talk to the bartender, you sit down. Every time you're back, you're like, they're like, hey, and I was in Vegas four times a year at that place. Mm-hmm. Right. So they were used to seeing me. And occasionally I would do some other events there because the entertainment director, who, by the way, was Steve Sharippa, who played uh, Junior on Sopranos. OK. Um, so Steve was the entertainment director at the time, and he really took care of me, you know, and it was like um, um, he, he liked what I did and he like put me in different uh, situations. He had me emceeing over at the uh, doing a break wardrobe break for Crazy Girls mm-hmm. uh, up there. So. I remember that was the topless show. And I remember walking into the stage door that the first time I got the gig, I walked in the stage door. And as I walk in, there's a gal standing with her boobs out and the wardrobe mistress is sewing on this top, this cross top where the, the boobs stick, just stick out. And she was like, oh, my God. I go, I'm so sorry. Um, I'm, the, I'm the comedian. And she goes, oh, you're the comedian? And then drops her hands. And I just looking at the perfect boobs. I go, I've been a comedian for a very long time. Uh, so, so that was a, that was a fun gig. But then, um, so I'd go down and sit at the bar and sometimes, you know, a hooker sees you and they give, you know, you, you know, they're hookers. They give you a hooker look, you know, what yeah. the hooker look is don't you? <laughs> where they, they do the quick look and they look back at you or they, no, look they just, look. they just look at you more for more than a second. Oh, because nobody else does that, right? You get somebody who doesn't know, they'll glance at you real fast, but they look at you for that second. They may make sure you lock eyes for a second, and they look at me maybe an extra second. You know that's the hooker, right? <laughs> so that hooker looks, you look at, and if you look back for more than a second, they make that move and come sit next to you. Yeah. And so they come sit next to me, and they would talk to me, and I'd be like, I'd be like, it's like a hi, you know, so um, you into a good time? And I said, I'm always into a good time. You know, I, that's what I do. She goes, well, what do you do? Are you here for business or pleasure? Both. My business is my pleasure. She goes, oh, tell me more. And I'd be like, well, I'm a comedian. You're a comedian? You know, it's like, well, that's, that's a fun thing. She goes, uh, she said, is, I said, look, you know, I said, I know you're working and I just want to be very straight with you <laughs> because you do what I do. You're an entertainer. Right. So it's like, uh, um, and to be like, you know, and, and, and I say, but, and I, I got to tell you, I don't want to stop you from going to make money. Cause I don't pay for sex. I'm a headliner. And they, then she, they laugh and they go, Oh, that's so funny. I might do you for free. And I said, that'd be like, uh, I said, yeah, well, if, I, I, I'm, I'm game. If you are, she goes, I said, I'd be like, but I'm afraid that if we went to go party in my room, 
you would fall deeply, deeply, deeply to sleep because I am the most boring lover. And then they laugh even harder. And I'm, oh my God, yes, by the end of the night, you know, it's like quite that. But, you know, they're like, it's only happened like a couple times, but it's happened because you're making them laugh and making them feel good and not judging and just like, that's more important than, you know, $300 at that moment, right? Yeah. And to be like, baby, I want to see you later this week. You know, let's just, let's just have, let's have, let's have something, just have something to eat. That's happened because you're making them laugh. Yeah. And because you're a comedian now, you're doing it with more confidence than you would ever have done it just as yeah. a lay person. You know, it's a whole different level of response. And I'm not saying this to brag. I know it's good. People are going to be listening and go, the guy sounds like an arrogant asshole, but it's not intended. <laughs> Typical that way. white man. Typical I'm white still man. still fucking shy and uh, really, but doing just, you finish your show, you do three shows in a night. And you're like, <laughs> you do three shows in a night you're feeling good right and you come down there and you feel like you're on fire and then all of a sudden these ladies flirt with you, you know what their job is you know what your job is yeah. you know i remember dating a dating a stripper uh in vegas and i was like um and it wasn't into, i didn't go there to find a stripper i went there because all the comedians were going there and you wanted to feel like you were part of the crew yeah. so we go to the we go down to the club and and it's like i don't do that scene very well so i have my notebook Right. And I'm sitting there with my notebook and I'm writing jokes. Uh-huh. And so they'll come up, what are you writing? This one lady comes up and says, what are you writing? She's a very attractive lady. Right. And it's like, you know, I was like, oh, I, I, I'm writing jokes. I do. I'm a comedian. And so she, she's like, oh, right. And it's like, and when I just start talking to her. Next thing you know, she goes, uh, she was a realtor who was basically real estate was not doing well at that time was during the real estate crash. Mm-hmm. Right. I think 97, 98, something like that. And she's like, now, so I had to make money. So I started to strip. She goes, I'm making $10,000 a weekend. I was making more than I was making as a realtor. Yeah. Real estate crash in the nineties too. Fuck, man. She's like, <laughs> real estate be crashing. <laughs> yeah. Lots of times, usually every oh, eight years. Jesus, it Christ. hasn't done it in a while. It's usually every eight years because they're trying There's to research. Yeah, they're freaking doing the whatchamacallit. They're uh, kind of like the same thing with the taxes. That's why all the fucking corporations are buying houses and shit, bro. Yeah, and that's bullshit. <laughs> I think there used to be a law that said you can only own two, but now they're they have all these regulation friendly fascism. And now what they're doing is buying houses and fucking us all up. You yep. know, again, the consumer gets the short end of the stick. Consumerism is like not awesome it's not awesome <laughs> no it's not it's like it's bad man and like, i'm just starting to wake up hey side note have you always had that richard pryor picture up there or am i just now no, noticing just it? noticed it i'm yeah. just now noticing it yeah. <laughs> now pryor has been he was in the other room i moved him to this room okay okay i was like Wait so that's live on the sunset strip right there <laughs> that's live. yes love that one that was awesome love that one. Oh, and then speaking of it we were right about rife because he used to be on uh wiling out and I, they showed a picture of him when he was on wiling out and his teeth are all <laughs> that, that dude got so much work so done. much work done so right? much work done aside from like helping himself out by eating healthy and working out some of those things you know you can't fix by eating healthy and working out yeah i.e. Yeah. your teeth. <laughs> yeah, got his teeth all fixed. He's like, I want, I want the Bernie Mac teeth. Oh, I want the chiclets. 
Yeah. <laughs> Bernie Mac. Somebody's like somebody made that joke a long time ago because Bernie Mac had that was that was said that Bernie Mac had the best smile in show business. <laughs> I want the Bernie Mac teeth. I want the Bernie Mac teeth. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, so yeah, man. That Matt <laughs> Matt Rife. Yes. It's like. I, I just want to see how that plays out. Is I think it's just going to play out like Dane Cook, man. You just become a Dane Cook. Yeah, there was this. Uh, I saw a video pop up in my YouTube feed. It said the ten worst comics now, right now. It said now they could be like comics that were. Let me guess. Is uh, uh, why can't I think of her name now? Oh my God, Amy Schumer. It, yes, is she on the list? She's on the list. <laughs> Dude, I tell people, hate Amy. Joe Rogan's on the list. Of course, because he's not yeah. that funny anymore. No, and all he not. does is just do podcast shit, and he freaking oh, so and he doesn't was... even work at that. Dude. It's like <laughs> like when he blamed Biden for this thing where you know, the, yes, I was going to say where he's all talking about the Civil War shit, and then yeah. and it is his own fucking was it the producer or somebody got the show. The producer has done this like, before to him and like, said Joe, that come on, bro. <laughs> said that that there is no other evidence that there's no other publication that's covering this except for this this Breitbart whatever. <sighs> It's like you can't sit there and just say this when it's not true. Uh, and he doesn't call himself out. He goes, oh, he's oh that's interesting. And moves on. Doesn't yep. say I'm an idiot. Yep. You're yep. a fucking idiot, dude. If you you have that kind of power. And then the other guy is sidekick or whoever was on the other mic. Yeah, he was just like, oh, yeah. He was like supporting him. Oh, yeah. He's been saying some stupid. You're a fucking idiot, He's a man. sycophant or whatever those yeah, people are called. Basically. Yeah. Who else is on the list? Um... Who else was on that list? Uh, oh, geez. Who was Dane Cook was on that list? And they showed a picture of him. They, and the guy who put that together put, showed the picture of him with Matt Rife. <laughs> so I said, I think he's, he's sending out. He's doing oh, yeah. I forgot. Rife used to tour with uh, Cook. Yeah. yeah. He opened for him for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and if you're Dane Cook, who else are you going to have open for you? Somebody who's good? <laughs> no, no. You, like and yeah. all due respect to, to both of those guys i mean they both worked so worked yeah. hard to get to where they were or uh, they where hustled. they are yeah right dane cook he came up with he knew my space yep and then rife with the tiktok yeah and so now that's what he's doing so and they stayed consistent then they built their following so but then they let to get to their heads and then it's just like that's Pretty much what happens. Can't let it know? get to your head. You get gotta, to your head. Anytime anybody says you're good or you're the goat, you got to work harder. Yeah, and don't you bite know? the hand that feeds you. Like, <laughs> yeah, like that's like me going, getting like the the gay community to follow me, and then me coming out there and then just dropping the f bomb and doing all yeah, this stupid yeah. stuff. Like, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> Morons, man. Well, first of all, to do that in general is not. <sighs> It's or like, just do that at an open mic or like understand something where you're not going to be um, or it's not recorded. Just to understand what the, 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 the philosophy of humanism is, which is we tend to mirror the underdog. Mm-hmm. And when you don't mirror the underdog, you're seen as a bully. And the bully is never anybody in anybody's favor. No. You know, uh, if you pick on now, if you're picking on an authority that's bullying, that's not bullying. That's standing up for the little guy. Yeah. But people don't even understand the base, those basic concepts. And they think being edgy is talking about Special Olympics kids or people with Down syndrome. Now, when Shane Gillis does his bit on Down syndrome, he's talking about his uncle or a couple of members of his own family. And yeah. he talks about it from a whole different perspective. It's not that some people are trying to compare that Matt Rife bit where he goes, you're one of the, you know, let's just say you go to lunch 15 minutes before everybody else. 
you know, and it's basically you thought that was taking the insult away. <laughs> What's up, bud? We're going to grandma's house at four o'clock. It is three twenty, my man. Go change your clothes, go brush your hair and get ready. I changed my So that's what you want to wear to my mom's house. Okay, then wear that to my mom's house, but you need to do your hair. I Okay, and when I'm done, I will come and show you. <laughs> oh man. Man. And it's like that's yes, I totally I totally get it. Dude, thank you for I giving me there, that dude. DSD. I've been using that lately. <laughs> which which is what? Divorced single dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm a D. And then uh, I got back on seeking again, right? But now I'm like, I'm all about, I, 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 I preface it with saying this. If you're looking for a sugar daddy, that's not me. I'm more of a sweet and low daddy. <laughs> yeah. I'm sweet, but I'm low on the funds. I can't afford you. <laughs> That's funny, man. Cause these, that it's like I don't like. I even had it like I, I had a like I had a chat GPT. What is the perp? Like, what's the point? Like, why would a man want to be a sugar daddy? Like, I just, I just needed to understand that because power, <laughs> power. Think about this. Ma- we talked about massive insecurity, right? Most yeah. people are massively insecure. Most men are so massively insecure. They usually use that defense me- mechanism of an alpha male because if they're massively insecure, they can't stand on their own. Mm-hmm. So they bully, mm-hmm. right? That's like that same thing with bosses. Bosses think being a boss means being mean. It's like when my acting teacher said, Jerry, I want you to be sexy. I want you to turn me on. And she was sitting there at the in the chair right in front of me and I'm on stage. Her Basically, her face was at dick level right she goes i want you to turn me on and she looked at me from eyes to toes and back up to my eyes to intimidate me and i was like i was like i said what do you mean you said i want you to turn me on turn me on right now as an actor come and turn me on I go, what do you mean? Go, la, 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 la. What do you mean? Right? She, goes, uh, she goes, no, turn me on. And I goes, I don't know how she goes, that turns me on. Cause that's Honesty. honest. That's yes. vulnerable. Yes. And yet being totally comfortable for you to say in front of everybody in this room, I don't know how that turns me on. She goes, Oh my God, that turns me on. <laughs> and I was like, Oh shit. What a lesson. Vulnerability, honesty, authentic authenticity yeah. just saying you know what it's like you so yeah will you chase away some women when you say i'm broke i'm just a single dad trying to i'm a sweet and low dad i'm a sweet and low like, daddy except my, my pants are high right i'll wear my pants low i can pay my bills but you know i don't have I got, the we, we're not going to be doing a lot of extras right i got i don't got the bandwidth i got three growing boys i gotta take care of so that <laughs> And then they see that as courage, honesty. Yeah. Now you're going to find the right person then yeah. rather than somebody who thinks it's something that it's not. Right. right. And that's the last thing you want. It reminds me back in the day, they used to have these fake cell phones that people can install in their cars. Oh, back in the car phone days. Yeah, back ah. in the car phone days. Yeah, and they'd install these fake like car that? phones. And I was like, that's like... I say like, that's already one disappointment. You had even, haven't even gotten into the bedroom. God damn, that sucks. You got a fake car phone. You get it. Yeah. Use your car phone. Uh, um, oh, uh, shit. Just fake. Help! Help! Shit. Call yeah. for help. Call for help. help. Right? And it's just so people can look from the outside and go, "Oh, he's got a car phone. Oh, he's somebody." And yeah, those, dude, that's a. 
That's an 82 Astro fan, bitch. That's <laughs> when you got the 82 Astro fan with the spinners on it, right? It's like, uh, come on. The rape fan. <laughs> like you're not impressing anybody. Oh, shit, man. That is it's, just be you, man. <clears throat> then you'll, that's when you start finally being you, that's when you start attracting. The but right that's people. the thing, right? So I watched this YouTube video yesterday where I was talking about, because I'm, I'm, dude, like, I love Phyllis philosophical philosophy i love that shit it's awesome so awesome but it was talking about like being yourself and how a lot of people just say be yourself be yourself but then it's like what is like what is really being yourself and it's like that like that's like dude that made me like start pondering and like really start getting down like i'm now getting to the point where i'm trying to stay off my phone as much and just kind of be one with my thoughts you know what i'm I got saying eight texts from you last night what are you talking about <laughs> I said you eight times. I know you didn't. <laughs> it was two. <laughs> no, nah, but it's just like one of those, like, like it's, I think I told you this before, where like, uh, we used to be bored and we're, a lot of creative things happen when you're bored. Like Isaac Newton came up with the, with gravity and calculus and all that shit. Cause he was bored. Uh, Albert Einstein came up with the theory of relativity because he was bored. And then I say that I know this isn't probably true, but, uh, Steve Jobs came up with the iPad because he was bored on a plane. And so now here we are where nobody's allowed to be bored. And so no one's ever going to be creative again. And so we're just leaning on chat GPT. Yeah. He was bored on a, pl- <laughs> he was bored on a plane watching space Odyssey 2000. <laughs> Steve Jobs came up with the iPad because he was bored on a plane watching space they Odyssey 2000 and they were, Hello they have day. iPads. They had iPads and I'm they had iPads. No yeah. shit. You watch it, and they're in the cafeteria. The two astronauts are in, in their cafeteria or their commissary, uh-huh. and they're sitting there at a table, and they each have an iPad. Huh. And they're looking at the stuff on huh. their iPad, and I'm like, ah, that's an iPad. Oh, shit. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's like, but, yeah, if you're sitting there, that's right. And it's like when you're spending all this time just trying to do something, and you're not bored, you're not gonna come up with stuff. So sometimes when I was bored, I came up with some good bits. Yeah. And it's like, other times when I start writing, I come up with bits. Mm. And it's like, when I'm riffing now, I come up with bits. And it's like, in classes, I was just like, everybody had these ideas and I would take the ideas and start talking them out. Next thing you know, there's like, we shape up a bit and it pops and it's yeah. like, all of a sudden it comes out with, where's the profound connection? Now, what happens when you're doing that with your students is like, it's like being in a writer's room with somebody who's really good. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you start seeing the different ways you can approach a topic yourself. And you go, wait a second. Oh, wow. I, yeah. I kind of thought about that, but I didn't think I could go down that. Oh, I can. Right. Yeah. And so it was, it's neat to, to watch their evolution. What's really neat is to watch them the next time they come back and they start applying those applications mm-hmm. and you start to see that and you know, all right, they, you got, and you remind them, you have to repeat this and repeat this and repeat this. So it becomes second nature. Yes. Part of you. Oh my God. Otherwise you lose it. You will like, dude, I was reading my, I, cause I have a, I this thing called journey where you, it'll, you can do your journal entries, but then it also like, keeps track so i have journal entries all the way back from like 2018 but um i was looking at one of the journal entries all the way back all the way back to 2018 because i think that's when i started using it but um 2021 i was looking it was like a couple days ago uh 2021 i was talking in the journal entry i was all like writing jokes is so hard i can't like i sit here and i can't write these jokes and it's so frustrating but i'm gonna stick at this and i'm gonna keep at it and i was like damn that is dope because i because i was like i i was like i can't even make this i can't even come 
come up with a with a joke for the word tacky because I was upset about that. And now look at me, man. I'm just like coming up with things, sending you texts, and it's actually pretty good for the first. You know, you're not giving me yeah, that. Dude. You know, so it, yeah. it's dude. Thank you so much, Jerry. Thank it's you like so much, Jerry. And now it's like you're. Yeah, now you're getting. I, every time I see you're getting closer and closer and closer, and it's like, and I have to be careful because I want to nitpick. <laughs> And I, because I want you to get better, but you also have to be careful. Sometimes too much nitpicks can shut yeah, down the creativity. Yeah, because it does. Because then right? you're like, man, I'm just not right. <laughs> right. Like you did something. You said something. Uh, you sent something to me, and it was like, um, it was. Let me. I'll read it right now. It Ugh. was. Um, you said. Uh, it's like. I said, let's do, we got to do, we got to do a tight show. You said, uh, let's do it. Tight as a straight man's butthole walking into a gay bar. Yeah. And I was like, at, at. What do you mean? Walking into. Oh, oh, why though? Tightens it up. Uh-huh. Tight as a straight man's butthole at a gay bar. <laughs> mm. See the rhythm? No, See the rhythm changes. that rhythm, yes, yes, So yes. walking into sort of almost short circuits it a little bit. Yeah. But it's oh. like, I wasn't going to say that. No, I was like, cool. oh, that's good. That, that's, because that does help, though. You you might find that on your own. But if I nitpick that, that was so good that because it had the three descriptors. Yes. I was like, I'm not going to I'm not going to nitpick that. I'm going to let that happen. It. We'll, t- we'll talk it. about that later. When it's we're good enough for jazz. Session. <laughs> that's right. It's good enough for jazz. I used to always say that. It's so good for jazz. One of the comedy you had books. The, you had the three descriptors there. Yes. And like, I've, I've been a, it's been a while since I've been able to do that. And now I'm like, like it just comes in. But when you were saying that rhythm thing, I, in one of the comedy books I was re- I'm reading, he talks about the seesaw. Right. And it's, I almost feel it's like that pacing where if the if the setup is a bunch of words, then you want the punch to just be like one word. Or if the if the setup is a few words, then because you want it to balance itself out and not be too heavy. Where's the book at? Where's that book? Uh, I'll find it. It was that one book I was talking to you about where I was he was talking about the differences between a comic and a comedian. But yeah, he talks about the seesaw method and there's a seesaw. Yeah, I, think I, I think I just read that. Was that in comedy? No, that wasn't in the comedy book. That one is, where is that book at? Where did I put that book? Is it over here? It is not over here. It's not in the comedy book. It's in this other, oh, where the hell did it go? It's all right. Uh, I don't have to, we'll find it later. I'll find it later. But it was like, and not always, right? So not always, right? So sometimes when you have the matching phrase, Mm -hmm. it's like uh, Presidents Obama, Clinton, and Bush got together to uh, raise money for the earthquakes, earthquake victims in Haiti, but they're going to go under the pseudonyms of Hope, Grope, and Dope. dope. (laughs) Now it matches, right? It sort of like ties into the pairing, right? So that's one way, but it's like on the compare and contrast, maybe like... um, um, on my wife's side of the sink, my wife's sink in the bathroom, she's got clarifying face lotion, clarifying face wash. She's got, uh, she's got, uh, 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 you know, she's got neck, neck lotion. She's got eye cream. She's got a, a hand cream. She's got makeup remover. On my side of the sink, I'm lucky if I find soap. <laughs> so on that one, because uh, the destination is I'm a caveman, right. she's more complex. And I got that joke from Kathy Ladman, who shared said her joke was there's a difference between a man and a woman. See, I know I have complex skin. My boyfriend's pretty sure he has a face. <laughs> it's such a good joke in that the comparison, yes. the contrast between men and women there. Um, so it's like in that case, yeah. So it's not always that way, but there's 
But the rhythm is, I'm pretty sure that rhythm that Gene Parrott used to talk about, he says, sometimes, Jerry, there's just a rhythm. You got to get to know that rhythm. Yeah. What's that rhythm? And he couldn't clarify what the rhythm is. I think the rhythm is, from the science of storytelling, three descriptors. Yeah. But even within the three descriptors, action, setting, noun, person, celebrity, action, setting. So you don't look old. You look like Father Time did karate on your face. <laughs> you know, Kathy, Kathy Griffin, you know, you look like Ronald McDonald fucked Lucia Ball's corpse and threw it down the stairs. <laughs> That's, That's Greg Giraldo, right? <laughs> and if you want to learn those three descriptors, watch, watch Greg, Greg Giraldo. Giraldo. <laughs> I'm going to get some Greg Geraldo shit. So, and then just you see, you'll start to see that more. And then you go into chat GPT and go action setting celebrity, action setting known person. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then ask it to write a bunch of those and then play around with the different action noun setting, a yeah. noun action setting, noun setting action. Sometimes it's the setting, like, you know, it's like um, you could, you're, you're so ugly, your face could drop a donkey at 300 yards. Nobody knows what that means, but they always laugh at that when I say yeah, it at the comedy it, club. And I always like to test it because it's nonsense. No. But it's still because of the rhythm, it gets a laugh. It's that's considered a non sequitur, right? That's no, a non sequitur is it comes out of nowhere, right? It comes mm. out of left field. It's like, it's but like, wouldn't that be coming out of left field if you're in your set and you just. Not if that, I'm talking oh. about describing ugliness, right? If oh, it okay. comes as context of a story. I mean, that man, I'm talking about this guy was so ugly. This guy's face could drop a donkey at 300 yards, you know? And I'm talking about this where I'm in the story. Now, if I come out of nowhere and say that, like, if I stop and I go, it's like, uh, we'd be more comfortable in a, in a jacuzzi uh, together, wouldn't we? You know? So it's like, you ever ask yourself that, how come dogs never have boogers in their noses, yet they have boogers in their eyes? Why? And don't their noses remind you of little electrical outlets? You just want to plug shit in, don't you? Just want to plug that in. (laughs) So it's like, so non sequiturs are like that. It's just sort of like like a ponderable, comes out of nowhere. Okay. So it's like, uh, if you drove your car at the speed of sound, could you hear your stereo? Hmm. If you lean forward, you can. The answer is <laughs> yes, but only the front speakers, but not the back. Because <laughs> I did that once at a show. And I said, do you ever ask yourself, when you drove your car at the speed of sound, could you hear your stereo? And then everybody la- got laughed at it. And this guy comes up to me after the show and says, I'm a physics professor. The answer is yes, but just the front speakers, but not the back. And I go, oh, that's a great follow-up. Thanks. He goes, follow-up? What do you mean? That's a tag. What's that? I said, oh, I'm smarter than you. <laughs> so where are you doing your show at tomorrow? Or is it tomorrow? Are you doing a show tomorrow, Monday? Yeah, it's uh, in Vegas. Vegas, baby. It's a little corporate uh, thing that I got at the last nice, minute. Man. Nice. Is it a New Year's thing or is it you have doing it on Monday? No, I'm doing it uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, New Year's Eve. Dope. Yeah. Dope. Yeah. How so long is like your set? 45 minutes. Ooh. You got an opener or are you just doing the whole thing? I get it's just that there's no opener. I just get out there and do it. Oh, nice. Basically, they're like, hey, we're OK. We're going to have the raffle next. But first, let's have this comedian you know? come up there and do the OK. So so I just go up there. I'll probably wind up doing 35, mm-hmm. you know, because I gauge those things. And, you know, their attention span is not going to be for a full. They don't want to do they want to get to the they want to get to the raffle. And because I, <laughs> I was like, so tell me what this what is the evening? What's the structure of the evening? Yeah. And it's like, well, you go up after the cocktails. 
what's what what else is going on i want to know what else is going on so i know where yeah. they're like well we have a raffle afterwards where we're giving away like over a hundred thousand dollars in prizes <laughs> like, they don't give a fuck, <laughs> they don't give a fuck about the comedy dude. <laughs> get to the raffle read my 30 ticket. minutes i'll be out <laughs> so that's cool man that's but cool. it's a good way to start the, it's a good way to start the you get that check in that last hour of the last hour of the year yeah right? good way to end. Go, that check goes right to the that's uh, that starts out the new year right so it's nice to have that very biblical that the year ends on a sunday but it's very satanic that it starts on a monday do you know do you know the numerical uh, reference uh, context here no so tomorrow is is 123123. It's the year of the waltz. One, two, three, one, two, three. One, two, three, one, two, three. Holy 12, shit. 31, 23. So it's like one, two, three, one, two, three. That's a very significant <laughs> angel I number. I know that. That's cool. That's cool. Hopefully something lucky happens for me. I get touched by an angel. And what in a it good actually way. means <laughs> it's that the angel numbers say it's the end and the renewal. Ah, well, that's every year. Every year we do that. But it's like in your phase of your life that represents some sort of new renewals towards something. Which is exactly exactly what I'm going through right now. So that's cool. It's like that's one of those things where everybody's going through that, aren't they? (laughs) Especially in this day and age, man. Especially in this day and age. But all right, yeah, I got to do it tight. I got to get these kids to their grandma's house, to grandma's house to go. Everybody, we appreciate you guys listening to this show in 2023. We're going to try to keep it continuing in 2024. I've been, it's been a blast working with this awesome man, the doc, the joke doctor himself, Gary Corley. I'm here with the Teddy B. (laughs) And it's like, I think it's, that's the fun of it is like the different perspectives we have, you know, veteran, new guy, black dude, white dude, different, we get a different, we have different, you know, but yet still we're so much alike in a way. Both failed marriages. (laughs) (laughs) Our our friend says I'm the black version of you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she would say that. All right, y'all. Well, we appreciate everybody listening. Uh, Thanks again. See you next week. Yeah, see you next week. See you next week. Happy New Year.